No, that is not an admission here on this CYB podcast. Check your brain. Here on Patreon or wherever you're listening to this, my name is Tony Mazer. This is a free podcast, and basically, well, it's free. It's going out on Patreon on Tuesday, uh, but if you want to listen for free and you're listening to this wherever you're, you know, iHeartRadio or Spotify, Apple, Google Play, whatever, you're listening to this as early as Wednesday. So if you want to get this a day earlier and get a little bit more, this is kind of a teaser episode of things I do on my podcast on the Patreon. So if you want to subscribe, it's $5 a month at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y-M-A-Z-U-R. How are you folks? Doing well this week here. And I'm recording this. It's Monday night. And uh, yeah, no, I just came back yesterday from the Queen City for my second anniversary with my wife. So had a good time down there. It's uh, Cincinnati is kind of one of those cities that it's in pretty close proximity. We were talking about this, my wife and I, and with other people. Cincinnati is one of those weird cities that it's pretty close to the I guess you can still call it the Midwest, Ohio, and it's not that far from, I don't want to say the East Coast, but some of the East Coast cities, but it's also the gateway to the South, and it's a town that went through some real hard times back in the, you know, obviously in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and it's really kind of made a nice rebound, like a Pittsburgh-esque rebound, and uh, I kind of like it. It's a cool city. And, uh, yeah, and it was a good time. Went to Rheingeist, Mad Tree, a lot of those uh, breweries down there that you see. And went to a Reds game, saw how bad they are. They are, the Cincinnati Reds are awful. I mean, that is an awful baseball team. And I feel bad, I, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't feel bad for Joey Votto for re-signing with them. Because he's there, he's going to be in the Reds Hall of Fame. He's not a Hall of Fame player going to Cooperstown, but definitely going to be in the Reds Hall of Fame. But my God, I just... You know, he's just there, and it's him, and who else? Seriously. Mike Moustakis? Ugh. But it's a nice ballpark. Still not as good as PNC in Pittsburgh, in my opinion, but I think Great American is a pretty good park, and Cincinnati's a pretty cool town. Mm. So I recorded a podcast live from our hotel over right across the way in Covington, Kentucky. And, uh, yes, just down the street from Covington Catholic, and uh, the one thing about being over there and, and doing it in, in the hotel room over the weekend is I can kind of clear my mind a little bit during a weekend. So I didn't think my podcast, I'm going to be completely honest, if you listen on Patreon, I put a podcast out on Monday, and I thought it was pretty, you know, it was okay, it was okay podcast, but I'm not as angry on the weekends. I, as soon as the week starts and all the other bullshit ends up popping up. Yes, I'm going to, I curse a little bit, not not a lot, but I curse every so often. When the bullshit starts with Monday, not just at anybody's job, but just culturally, politically, everything just kind of heats up after the Sunday shows, and it leads into what goes on throughout the rest of the week, and that's how you lead it off, and that's why I think, I think this is going to be kind of an interesting podcast, see where I go here. And uh, the reason I played, of course, Diana Ross, I'm coming out, is it's Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. It's, as I record this, it's, we're now in the 20s, June 20th. If you're listening again on Patreon, it's the 21st. And if you're listening for free, it's the 22nd. And boy, I gotta say, this is just the prideiest of Pride Months you can even think of. And <clears throat> it's kind of hard to top that. It's hard to top what they've done this month going forward. Like, what are you going to do next year? What is next year's big Pride Month uh, extravaganza going to be? I mean, is this just going to be a lot of adedictomies and chop a dick off of me? Is that what's going on? Is that is that how we're going to try to, you know, say, you know, 2022 is a big year, but we're going to make ours bigger and better. What are you going to do? Well, by, by June 30th, our grand finale is we're just going to chop our balls off. Oh, okay, cool. Sounds good to me. You do that. And that leads into July, so all the festive Americana things. But let's just finish Pride Month. And it's just, it's constant. And again, I'm, I'm repeating myself briefly here. If you heard it on Patreon, then you know where I'm going with this thing. But it's kind of, But it's interesting how Pride Month has really overtaken Black History Month 
in that, remember the old joke was that, oh, you know, black people only get 28 days, sometimes 29 days. They get the shortest month they give to black people. And they start going through these tributes of, you know, George Washington Carver and Rosa Parks and everybody else. And then it starts kind of fizzling out by Valentine's Day as far as the major tributes. Like, you'll have some news stations do it, but it almost seems like the luster wears off for just random people and in the media. But boy, this Pride Month, it continues and it's heating up. To the, they're going to culminate this weekend. Yes, culminate. Uh, with a lot of Pride Month wrap-ups and parades and this and that. And it is, it's interesting. Now, I want to put this out there right now. Put this completely out there. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you dress in drag. I don't care if you cut your dick off. I don't care if you cut your tits off. It doesn't matter to me. Whatever it is you want to do with your body, if you're a if you're an adult, you're a consenting adult, you do whatever you want. It was funny. My wife and I were walking through the over the Rhine area of Cincinnati and uh, happened to see a transgender person. It was a clear biological man who is transitioning and becoming a woman. Said hello. And we said hi back. And I'm like, see... That's what it's about. You are a you're an adult and you can make your own decisions. It doesn't matter what my how my feelings are on it, pro or con. It's your decision because you're an adult. The problem is is what I've always said. There I have two rules. I have two rules in life. One of them is I am pro freedom. Freedom. You want to wear a mask? You want to get vaccinated? You want to, you know, uh, mutilate your body in any way? You go ahead and do that. But that also leads into number two is don't affect the children. Don't affect kids. Don't brainwash them into your thinking. It, you talk about indoctrination. I think I, I think it's okay if you're a parent who indoctrinates your own children, but teachers, priests, media members... Uh, people in the community, politicians, and, and nobody should be indoctrinating your children except for you, the parent. If they, if we want to talk about that, it shouldn't be anybody else but parents. If they want to indoctrinate them in their own values, okay. The problem is when you start getting into what those values are, you start seeing in some of these left-wing progressive cities where they're transitioning kids say what are the odds that all these hollywood actors and everybody who's in these cities has kids that are trans now and that isn't that odd just just pops up to me like bill maher said a, a few weeks ago is california creating them or is ohio suppressing them yeah probably misquoting but that's it's essentially what he was saying i think california is creating them and that charlize theron will adopt kids from Africa, and all of a sudden they're just trans. Oh, my boy is a girl, my girl is a boy, whatever. What are the odds that that happens? Seems something like this term called Munchausen by proxy, that you want your kids to be trans because it's the trendy in thing. That's what's in. Gays out. I actually feel bad for gay people now. I feel bad for lesbians. We'll get to that. Uh, lesbians and some feminists. Well, feminists need to start stepping up and talking about this trans stuff uh, as far as the women's sports go. But I actually feel bad for gay men. Remember, there was a whole thing. It was like, oh, it's okay. Look, hey, I'm a guy. You know, I'm dating a man, whatever. Don't take that out of context. And again, it was always whatever two consenting adults do in the privacy of their own home should be up to them. And that's okay. Then it was like, hey, I'm wearing it kind of on my sleeve and I'm going to pride month and events and everything. And that's fine. You want to hang a rainbow flag? You do whatever you want. In this house, we believe that love is love and science is real and this and this and no human is illegal and black lives matter. You do whatever you want. But then it, it, gay kind of got overtaken by the trans stuff. Gay is not shocking anymore. Coming out to your family who probably already knew you were gay 15 years ago, mom, dad, I'm gay. Okay, sounds good to me. That's, uh, you do whatever you want. It's like, it's not shocking. It doesn't have that feel to it. It doesn't have that, it rattling the the cages. You go, oh, okay, well, I guess that's it. So now trans is the new thing. It's like, oh, that's the new in thing. So you have to start talking about pronouns and everything. You have Jennifer Lopez. This is the new one over the weekend, J-Lo. 
And, uh, of course, this is BuzzFeed, and uh, BuzzFeed, who changed their name to BuzzFeed is a Chris Evans stan account. First of all, Chris Evans, by the way, 20 year, 21 years ago, acted in a movie called Not Another Teen Movie. Has he come out and apologized for his very sexist caricature of a dumb jock in that movie? Kind of the way that Molly Ringwald had to apologize for all the John Hughes films. Very nice of you to apologize to a guy who died 12 years ago uh, about his films. It, this is what I love about this is when the, the left eats the left, and I love it. Is that you have Molly Ringwald. Oh, yeah, during the Me Too movement, uh, our films were pretty kind, little racist in a lot of ways with Long Duck Dong. and They were pretty sexist, like in Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink and... You go, oh yeah, you mean um, you mean the reason that anybody knows who the fuck you are, Molly Ringwald? It's the same thing as Hank Azaria uh, on on The Simpsons and Mike Henry on Family Guy and The Cleveland Show. I'm no longer going to voice the uh, Cleveland Brown on The Cleveland Show and Family Guy because it should go to a person of color. Yeah, that's nice. You've only been voicing him for over 20 years, and you made millions of dollars by doing so. Now you apologize? Now you say, ah, are you going to donate your entire salary? Tom Hanks did the same thing. Oh, well, if Philadelphia were to come out today, it should be played by a gay actor. And if uh, Forrest Gump came out today, it should be played by a retard. So, okay, and you also played a guy who was a castaway on a desert island, so should that go to a drifter? <laughs> I know, I... I know the movie. He was a wasn't he a FedEx guy or something? I or was on a plane. I don't know. Uh, haven't seen it. I saw it once. Was bored. Didn't care. Uh, weren't you also a cop in Turner and Hooch? But you're not a cop. So shouldn't the next time anybody does Turner and Hooch should be played by a, a former police officer? Where's Dennis Farina? He played good. Actually, I think that would be a good idea if he was still alive. Dennis Farina or Bo Deedle. <laughs> but everybody else, it's like. See, this is where the left starts eating at each other right now. And Chris Evans is, because he's Mr. Woke, who's talking about, uh, well, if you don't like the new Lightyear movie because two girls kiss in it, you're a bigot. You know, okay, maybe people just are tired of Pixar movies. And what, what, is, what is this movie? Is this the background of Buzz Light? Who cares? And why isn't Tim Allen voicing it? Oh, that's right, because Tim Allen has said things that Hollywood doesn't like because he's, he's to the right of Bernie Sanders politically. Just ridiculous. But anyways, anyways, way off topic here. So J-Lo says folks are praising Jennifer Lopez for introducing her child using they-them pronouns. They don't live in the real world. They, do, they don't realize. Yeah, there are people who do this. They have pronouns in their bios and everything, and they put their pronouns in their email signatures and on LinkedIn, okay, it's such a small, minute fraction of people that do this, and it's this new speak, this uh, this Aldous Huxley, Brave New World speak is what's going on. It's like they're speaking a new coded language to know that you, sir, or ma'am, or, you know, they or zur, they, them, you're an ally now. It's just, it's, it's nauseating. So, uh, but... That's not the only thing when you talk about pronouns, because, you know, eh, pronouns, you know, what are your pronouns? What are your preferred pronouns? There's a group of people probably shouldn't be getting woke. And we've been seeing this during Pride Month is that you would see the U.S. military posting rainbow flags. This is my, uh, of course, the great bugaboo for a lot of people, but it's kind of hilarious. Is how, why... The brands that are all over the world, like Mercedes-Benz, like uh, Cisco, like uh, all these brands all over the world decided to, God, we're going to put a pride flag. We're gonna, BP, British Petroleum, are going to have, instead of those little stars or whatever in their logo, although I prefer Sohio or Standard Oil in my opinion, but uh, or Boron, if you're depending on where you live. It's kind of interesting when you look at that and you go, wow, look at this. Oh, wait. In Saudi Arabia, BP is, uh, has a regular logo, and so does Mercedes-Benz, and so does BMW. Why? Oh, because they don't like gays over there. Kind of interesting how that works. So we're just eh, we're not going to say anything. We're not going to say anything. 
kind of shows that we're pretty open-minded, a lot more open-minded here in the West than people want to give us credit for. But the U.S. military, of course, decides to go woke, and, uh, God, this is just nauseating right here. Hi, my name is Johnny, and I use he, him pronouns. Hi, and I'm Kanchi, and I use she, her pronouns. And we're here to talk about pronouns. What is a pronoun? A pronoun? Okay, before I say this, this is... This isn't like a thing for working in the private sector. This isn't like working for some LGBTQ-friendly uh, outlet or anything. This is the U.S. Navy, which it just is, you know, it kind of feeds into the, the long-standing stereotype, but the Navy is going to educate us on pronoun use. ...is how we identify ourselves apart from our name, and it's also how people refer to us in conversations. Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to affirm someone's identity. It is a signal of acceptance and respect. If it's a signal of acceptance and respect, how do we go about creating a safe space for everybody? That's a good question. A really good way to do that is to use inclusive language. Instead of saying something like, hey guys, you can say, hey everyone, or hey team. Yeah, and now that you say that, another way that we could show that we're allies and that we accept everybody is to maybe include our pronouns in our emails or, like we just did, introduce ourselves using our pronouns. It, it, they, don't, they don't live in the real world. This is, these are coastal people. These are people who live in D.C., New York, L.A., San Francisco. Nobody in the middle of the country even thinks about this. They're thinking about gas prices. They're thinking about how they're going to keep food on the table. They're thinking about the cost of everything going up. Everything is going up. Yet these people who are doing this training video for the U.S. Navy are so concerned about making sure that nobody gets misgendered. How dare they misgender somebody? And you got to make sure you say, Hi, my name is Tony. I'm Tony M. And uh, my pronouns are he and him. Hi, Tony. Thank you. I just want to let you know that I am an ally. Ugh, and people live this way. These are people who don't interact with normal, working-class, blue-collar people. These are people who do not live in the middle of the country. They're not in the interior. They don't care. In fact, they find your beliefs, your lifestyle, loathsome. Well, a lot of times I think their feeling is pretty mutual there. But what would I do if I uh, misgender someone? I think the first thing to recognize is that it's not the end of the world. You correct yourself and move on, or you accept the correction and move on. The most important thing I can tell you is do not put the burden of making you feel good about your mistake on the person that you just misgendered. Oh, thank you for telling me that. Yeah, and another tip uh, for you to remember their... Uh, I got a tip for you. Pronoun next time, it's in your mind. Kind of go through a progression of three good things about the person using their pronoun. So let's say the person chooses to use they, mm -hmm. then... They, it's they, but uh, yeah. I, but when we say they, there was a time when growing up, you know, I'm, an, I'm a relic, I guess. I was, I grew up in the 90s and went to school in the 90s in the 2000s. And when you would say they, they would say, no, 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 it would be he or she. You wouldn't say like... You know, they're coming over today. Who? Well, Tom. Well, Tom is just one singular person. So we decided in the last couple of years that when we said they or there, T-H-E-I-R, it's like, oh, they're coming over today. Who? Well, Steve is. Well, oh, Steve? So just one person. You mean Steve. He is coming. That's the, That was what we use for proper pronoun use at one time. Now, we've just thrown that out, all out the window. We've decided they is not a collective anymore, but they could be one person. Steve can be they. It's just, it's unbelievable how we decide that this is just how we're going to operate as society. And we're just supposed to be fine with it. Well, in your mind go, they have a nice shirt. They have a nice smile. They are really smart. So that kind of sticks in your brain. That is so helpful. Um, I want to... Why do I have to compliment everybody? So, okay, so in order to be an ally, I have to find three things to compliment this person. You, They has a nice shirt. You know, they did their hair properly. They, no, 
I don't need to compliment you. I don't know who you are. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know who you are. Couldn't care less. Next. Again, this is... At my day job, and everybody else's day job, they don't think about this stuff. They go to work and work. And then they get done with work. They clock out. They go home. They. And when I say they, I'm talking about more than one person. Not one person. <laughs> that person comes home and relaxes a little bit. Watches some television. Puts Netflix on. Makes food. Grabs a beer. It's okay. It's okay. But it's it's unbelievable. It's truly... Let's continue. What would I do if I want to know someone's gender identity or pronouns? The most important thing is do not pressure anybody into giving you their pronouns. Some people may be going through the process of discovery and they are not ready yet to tell you what their pronouns are, and that's okay. So I should just lead with my pronouns and they may follow or not. And if they don't, then I can just continue to use gender neutral language. Yes. This is all so confusing. I'm 34 years old. I'm, a I'm an older millennial. I'm, I'm in my mid-30s right now. And I'm confused. So what is the purpose of this? They're trying to confuse children by this. So kids don't... Oh, and, and I gotta look. I forgot uh, about this story that there's a school district that uh, if you purposefully misgender somebody, you can get expelled from school. <laughs> like you purposefully... It, because it's not like somebody's decided to be a girl and was a boy. It's like, no, I'm queer. And I, this is this is a world that I, I just don't want to be a part of. Again, here's what I say. I will respect your pronouns. I, 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 let me put this out there. The, gen, the gentleman that I saw who's now a well, living life as a female in Cincinnati yesterday. And let's say your name is Steve. Your, your born name, your Bible name, <laughs> is Stephen or Steve, but you go by Stephanie now. I'm not going to be an asshole and call you Steve the whole time. I'll respect you. Okay, you're living life as Stephanie now. All right, fine. You know, it's like people, you're being a jackass if you're still calling Caitlyn Jenner Bruce, but let's not pretend that, you know, that Caitlyn is this beautiful Dutch woman. Caitlyn is, was a, you know, a, a decathlete, you know, 45, 50 years ago. That's incredible. Let's see how much more I can take here. Exactly. Just to share something with you that happened uh, the other day at a cookout I was at, we were uh, talking about pronouns and somebody was disagreeing with how different people um, see themselves as different pronouns and... The argument was, if you look like a female, then it's she, her, because that's what's normal. And if you make me call you something else, then you're infringing on my rights. And I, I was really taken aback by the comment and I really wasn't sure how to respond. And the only thing I could really think quickly to say was, it's not about you at all. And it's mostly and ultimately about respect. It is about respect. That's an important point to make. And I think you did the right thing. I think it's important to keep it short and simple. What I would have said to help them understand better is to talk about mispronouncing names. For example, my name is Johnny, spelled J-O-N-Y. And it's normal. So uh, out of the many things that are going on with this gentleman, his name is Johnny, spelled J-O-N-Y. I'm living my truth right now. This is It doesn't matter what anybody else has to say. I'm living my truth. This is the problem is you're living in a different reality. You're living in a separate reality from most, most I'm going to say, normal people. Because when, again, we talk about normal people, you could be gay, you could be straight, you could be trans, you could be whatever. I'm talking about people who are getting up, going to work every day, earning a paycheck, coming home, and going to bed. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Is that... That's what most people do. If you're so concerned, if you're part of these ESG and, you know, all these other, like, HR development areas that you have to be somebody who's 
so concerned about pronoun use and misgendering at the office. I'm like, you don't live in the real world. You live in office world. You live in this universe that you have created. And I, I can't take any more of this. This is just, it, it, again, this is the U.S. Navy is training its members to create safe spaces and proper gender pronouns. This is why we're going to lose the Navy. This isn't this isn't even like a friggin' Waffle House training video. This is the Navy. They're more concerned. Rather than winning wars and keeping us safe on the homeland, they're concerned about make sure you don't misgender somebody. Holy mackerel. Boy, our priorities are fucked up, aren't they? Good lord. Speaking of priorities and speaking of uh, trans stuff, uh, this is... Uh, uh, there's no video to it, and thank God there's no video. This is a screenshot of a family-friendly drag show in uh, the great state of Ohio, where I'm broadcasting from. And what you see here are children sitting, we can't say Indian style, it's crisscross applesauce now, because we again, we have to change the language because two people got offended. Or you couldn't make the Rich Voss joke where he said, I sat Indian style one time, so I grabbed a bottle of whiskey and laid on the curb. <laughs> There's children who are sitting down watching this drag queen spread eagle with legs up, like, basically, uh, I mean, it's spread eagle laying on her his back. I don't, I don't want to misgender, but it's a drag queen, and we're supposed to say that this is a family-friendly show. As I've said before, I've said it on the Patreon podcast, I've probably said it for the free podcast, drag culture, I'm not offended by it, because it's just, it's not my, it's not my thing, it's not what I go to see, I have seen drag shows, it's actually kind of funny, but it's not something I'm going to do on a regular basis, I saw it in... 12 years ago is okay. But it's not for children because drag is inherently, the whole basis behind it is sexual. And kids should not be uh, partaking and indulging in anything of that sexual nature. I'm sorry. Like I said, my rules at the beginning, I am pro-freedom until it starts affecting children. And you say, oh, well, that you're not a good libertarian. Okay, then I'm not a libertarian. I'm a paleo. It, it's not... It's one of those cases of there's a difference between free speech, free expression, but then when you have four-year-olds or six-year-olds or eight-year-olds who are at this family-friendly drag show because your, your liberal mom wanted to take you and, uh, and show what great culture drag, which drag culture is just, it, it's boring. It's not talented. It's just, okay, you did your makeup, and you, you have clown, horror clown makeup. Because that's what it is. Drag culture is nothing but sexuality. All their names are bad puns, bad sex puns. And uh, their whole thing is like, you know, it, it, they're doing caricatures of women, is what they are. It's like blackface for women. It's, well, women do their eyeshadow like this, so I'm going to put lots of eyeshadow and lots of lipstick and lots of boob and lots of butt and lots of this. And yet we're supposed to say, oh, that's okay for children. Yeah, no, it's, it's totally, and we're trying to normalize it, especially this month, is to normalize that in front of five-year-olds to say, no, this is perfectly normal that this gentleman who's in his 40s, overweight, balding, uh, decides that, hey, by the way, my new lifestyle is, my name is, is you know, Randy Partybottom, or what, whatever dumb sex name that is. And that's what happens. That's what happens. And then we're supposed to go, oh, no, that's so totally normal for a guy to dress up as a woman. For a long time, I, I've told this story before, but my great-grandmother, who passed away, thank God, over 20 years ago, my great-grandmother, she... Her and her second husband Ed, because you know their first husband, we we had there was there was always a rumor that we thought my my great grandmother harassed both of her husbands to death way before their time. But she uh, allegedly, of course. Uh, but her and her second husband Ed, they would go to New Orleans. They would go to New Orleans all the time, and they would go see what they called he/she shows. It's oh, that's where the he/she's are. 
and it was drag has been around since the cave days. This isn't like a new phenomenon the last couple of years. The only thing that's new about it is rather than it being a novelty, it's now become this lifestyle and you better take me seriously, you transphobe bigot. Back in the day, I mean, for God's sakes, up until a couple of years ago, I mean, you had Harvey Corman on the Carol Burnett show would dress in drag. Milton Berle would dress in drag. Bugs Bunny was in drag. I mean, that was a the Drew Carey show. Do you remember Drew's brother, who was the uh, husband in Fargo, which is hilarious? Drew Carey's brother in the show was a cross-dresser. We called it transvestite or cross-dressing. And he was not gay. In fact, he ended up, didn't he marry Mimi? the one who also dresses like a drag queen, Kathy Kinney, and who was on Newhart, by the way, back in the day. Um, but the whole thing, what that was, it was, I don't want to say it was a joke, but it was just kind of like, oh, that's kind of silly. It's a different, but it was never like, take me serious. This is my lifestyle. It was like, hey, he dressed up as a woman. That's kind of silly, but okay. And that's how we treated it for probably millennia up until like, five, six years ago. Now it's this culture, and now we need to have children that are getting involved. Again, drag was never about children. It was never involved with kids. It was, hey, guys, uh, we're all going to get together, and uh, we're going to put some makeup on, go to a drag show, go to a gay club. And again, if you're over 18 or 21, I don't care what you do, but a family-friendly drag show, there is no such thing. But apparently that happened in Ohio. I don't know where it is, in Ohio, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's not good. It's not good. Uh, but apparently also in this month, we, because when I, you talk about how you're trying to reach the younger generations, again, we shouldn't. <clears throat> there shouldn't be any sexuality that's reaching out to children. And nothing. Not even straight. Not even heterosexuality. Kids shouldn't know about certain things. At, at, at such a young age, but we're making kids, isn't it funny, we're trying to make young kids grow up too soon, yet we have 35-year-olds who still live at home and uh, talk about their favorite Marvel movies, so are we trying to keep, like, make the kids older and the adults younger, so everybody's like the same Peter Pan age, is that what's going on right now? Uh, this is a, I don't know who this is or what, uh, just listen to this. I want to clarify this for a second here. I'm not saying that kink isn't kid-friendly. I'm saying that kids and kink can coexist at Pride in a totally fine way. No, they can't. Let's go on. There's a nuance here. That making an event kid-friendly doesn't mean sanitizing it, a.k.a. taking something like kink out of Pride. Making Pride kid-friendly is not the same thing as sanitizing Pride. Making a Pride event kid-friendly, or I, I prefer kid-safe, is about making sure we're including and putting kid and youth voices and including them in Pride and particularly any justice spaces. Kids and youth voices are vital to justice movements because they are a vulnerable and marginalized group on their own, which includes their intersecting identities and oppressions. So I'm not saying that kink isn't appropriate for kids. I'm saying they can and should coexist with each other. This has now become a pretty mainstream view with people on the left, is that it, they're afraid of saying anything about it, but this is, it, this is a real problem. You're going to tell me that kink culture, again, whatever you do behind, remember, not too long ago, it was whatever two consenting adults do behind closed doors. Now the doors are fully open, it has to be in a street or at a library, and you're showing off dildos and strap-ons and uh, leather gimps, uh, ball gags, everything. And we're supposed to say, that's supposed to be for kids. Kids need to know about kink culture. No, they fucking don't. Oh, they need to know about whips and, and um, you know, knee pads and uh, uh, leather chaps and this and that. No, they don't. They don't need to know about any of that. E again, straight couples. Like... Kids shouldn't know what their parents do when they close the door. They shouldn't know about Astroglide and vibrators and uh, God only knows what. They shouldn't know about any of this. So why are we introducing this? Well, cl it's clear. 
is because they they believe this is I talked about this on Monday's podcast, but if you're listening for free, <clears throat> there's a story about why drag queen story time exists. What's the point of it? And for a long time, I thought, what is the point? What is the point of having a drag queen tell a story to children? Like, why can't it be, I don't know, anybody else on the planet? Why does it have to be a drag queen? Because they're trying to not only normalize drag culture and trans culture and everything, but for those kids on that spectrum of queerness is what they're trying to go after. So kids can look up to a drag queen and go, okay, that's normal, that's who I want to be. Just like an athlete, just like a, a, a musician or a rapper or anything like that. Oh, that's who I want to look up because you're five and you don't really know any better. You don't know any other role models besides your parents. So you look at this, uh, this large gay man who's dressed up as a woman uh, that looks like Wilma Flintstone. And you go, oh, okay, well, that's apparently normal because my parents took me here. So that's what I want to be when I grow up. <sighs> they're trying to prey on vulnerable populations. And who are the most vulnerable? That is the children. That's what they're doing with this anti-racism thing that Ibram uh, X. Kendi. Well, we, we need to really go after the children. No, you don't need to go after the children. No one needs to go after the children. The only people who should be concerned about what's going on with the children are the parents. Not the, not the government, not entertainers, not, uh, you know, progressive activists and activist groups. None of that. And again, you want to prey on the most vulnerable. So if you bring your four-year-old to pride, and instead of what it used to be where you would wave a rainbow flag and say it's okay to be gay, now it's, hey, here's my boyfriend who's uh, wearing leather and walking on his knees like a dog and barking and uh, is wearing assless chaps and has a dildo shoved in his ass. And I'm supposed to go... Isn't that great, kids? Look at that. Isn't that normal? This should be celebrated. It, Christine Aguilera uh, having a dildo, a fake dildo and balls uh, in the front of her at a kid-friendly event in California, and we're supposed to go, well, that's empowering. <laughs> Just, it's, it's incredible. But again, normalized. Normalized culture. It's, dege it's degeneracy is what it is. I'm sorry, it is absolute degeneracy. It's disgusting, in my opinion. Again, you want to do... I've said this eight times in this podcast. If you're an adult and you want to cut your dick off, you want to call yourself, uh, you know, you're Steve and you're, you want to be called Stephanie, you go for it. But don't do... Don't prey on the children. And that's what you're doing. Because what did, what did some of those... Uh, you know, you, di you didn't like those uh, e evangelists, the televangelists of the 80s and the 90s, the Pat Robertsons, the Jerry Falwells, the, um, you know, uh, Jim Bakers, everybody else. And, of course, some of them got popped for their own discretions. That's fine. But the ones that did say that, hey, this is a slippery slope, and what's going to happen is they're going to come after the children and normalize pedophilia. Well, normalizing kink culture for children is the next step to pedophilia, in my opinion. You want to talk about that slippery slope? You're, you're really slipping. I mean, they are pouring lube down that slide, and you are really sliding at a high mile an hour right now. Ugh. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I, if, you don't like, if you don't like this, that's fine. I'm glad you're turning it If you turned it off, I'm glad you listened for a little bit and you're subscribed or whatever. And you want to hear more of this, I do talk about this on my Patreon at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur. Not just during Pride Month, but all over the place. And it's it's talking about the decaying of our culture and the decaying of society. And you say, well, is trans... No, because again, like I said, gays and trans and lesbians and everything have been a part of our society for centuries. It's a, it, We know that. This has been around. This has been around for, you know, since the cave days. It has. But to say that the nuclear family is racist, the nuclear family, you know, that we don't need it. We need a modern family. We need a modern family with gay kids and trans kids and this and that. Uh, I mean, the only way at this point a modern family is if you have a, 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 a wife, a mother, who used to be a male, is <laughs> married to a woman who used to be... Uh, again, this is... This, but people don't care about that. 
you know, I, I'm doing this entire podcast of things that are going on. But again, you're listening to this and going like, yeah, this is kind of silly, but I, I paid $84 to, for gas, for my gas tank today. It's This is getting out of control. And again, these are people who are so concerned about this while the rest of us are concerned about real life issues and going on. Uh, speaking of trans here, uh, this person looks like Corey Feldman. This is this is interesting. Oh, I, I should, by the way, I should preface, this actually is not a new video. This came out in April, but eh, worth, worth a shot to listen. I'm being a girl and I'm freaking out a little bit. I haven't gotten my period yet, okay? I'm late. And I mean, I haven't kissed anyone in a while, but still like we know what happened to the Virgin Mary, okay? It's possible. In all seriousness, no, I can't get a period. But my doctor did tell me that the estrogen I'm taking can cause me to become like kind of hormonal, emotional, like three to four days out of the month. So watch out. Um, and this is going to sound shocking, but I wish I could get a period. I wish I had those parts just because I would love to be a mom one day, but I'll just figure out a different way to do that. And that's going to be okay. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. And to any woman that doesn't have a period, I'm, I'm with you. To any human that does have a period, I'm sending you love and relief. And I have tampons and, and I bought pads and I almost bought Diva Cups, but that's where I drew the line. Okay. I love you. Bye. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay, okay. It's almost a it's almost a pro feminist message right there by saying this this former male who's now a woman wishes he now she could get a period and could have children. And talking about how you know, if this person, if this Corey Feldman lookalike <laughs> wishes he slash she whatever the pronoun they go by right now. Wants to have a kid? Well, what, what, what's what's the problem? I guess that's a pretty, pretty nice message there. It almost seems pretty satirical, though. But again, you do whatever you want. You're an adult. Just don't force it on kids. It's okay. A uh, couple of more things. Um, uh, um, a couple of oh, sports-related items. NASCAR has jumped in with the Pride Month. Of course, they've had kind of rainbowish logo anyways in the past, but NASCAR, the uh, the place that employs Bubba Wallace, who claimed that uh, there was a noose hanging from his garage when it was just a pull down. Okay, maybe the maybe the little hole was a little larger than maybe a couple of other garages in the pull down, but they said, oh, it was a noose hanging there. Yeah, no, it was the pull down latch on a garage but anyways nascar has jumped into the fray and uh said that uh yeah they're not just nascar they're yascar y-a-s-c-a-r with a rainbow pride emoji hashtag pride month and you have three uh i'm presuming gay men dressed in nascar and i'm like okay that's fine but it's, it is really interesting about knowing your audience. And when you think of NASCAR, you're not usually thinking of Pride Month. <laughs> when, when, when you're at Darlington Speedway or Talladega, you're not thinking, gosh, you know, there's not enough gay people here. How do we get our message of homosexuality? By the way, there's a lot of gay people who do like NASCAR. That's fine. But again, it's also knowing your audience. And it's the same way as not... You know, Mercedes-Benz not having a pride flag in uh, <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. It's just it's just interesting how that all works out. Uh, finally, as far as sports go, and the LGBTQ movement, <clears throat> on a work uh, on a weekend when a World Swimming Governance Board determined it would be rest uh, to restrict transgender women from competing against biological women, LGBTQ spokesperson Megan Rapino. Just happened to have an interview with Time uh, Drop, and she has her thoughts on why. This is, by the way, from OutKick, so it's kind of their slanted coverage in this. And she has thoughts on why her side is losing the this ideological war. Uh, FINA, the world governing board for swimming, will now require transgender competitors to have transitioned by the age of 12 to compete against biological females, which is already pretty fucked up anyways to say that, but... Rapino thinks decisions like this one are the result of the right's messaging, as in conservatives. 
I'm 100% supportive of trans inclusion. People do not know very much about it. We're missing almost everything. Frankly, I think what a lot of people know is versions of the right's talking points because they're very loud, they're very consistent, and they're relentless, Rapino told Time. <clears throat> At the highest level, there is regulation. In collegiate sports, there is regulation. And at the Olympic and professional level, it's not like it's free-for-all where everyone's just doing whatever. She's right. After Sunday, there's actually legislation on this subject. Um, I, would also encourage, uh, I would also encourage everyone out there who is afraid of someone's going to have an unfair advantage over their kid to really take a step back and think of what we're actually talking about here, Rapino added. We're talking about people's lives. I'm sorry, your kid's high school volleyball team just isn't that important. It's not more important than anyone's life. Show me the... E There's a big one. Show me the evidence that trans women are taking everyone's scholarships, are dominating in every sport, are winning every title. I'm sorry, it's just not happening. So we need to start from inclusion, period. And as things arise, I have confidence that we can figure it out. But we can't start at the opposite. That is cruel, and frankly, it's just disgusting. Except for the fact that... Here's a picture of Leah Thomas, the Penn swimmer, who is about twice the size of the second and third place. And Leah Thomas, who has a voice that's about four octaves lower than mine, which is not really saying anything because I don't have the world's most booming, uh, thorough Ravenscroft voice. Uh, this has been going on. For them to say there's no evidence that trans women are uh, beating the crap out of uh, biological women, except for the fact that, yes, there is plenty of evidence, because you're talking about hormone difference, and you're talking about, uh, you know, the, the estrogen and uh, testosterone, everything like that. Uh, there, this is going on all, all the time. And there's a lot of women who are afraid because if they speak out, they're going to be ostracized, even though this is actually, where are the feminists? Where are the women out there to talk about this? But they're not. They're sending these uh, open letters and, you know, they're not, uh, you know, like, well, we didn't want to say anything, but uh, this has been, uh, this is kind of one of our things right now. It's like, uh, you know, we are writing this anonymously. Well, yeah, of course you are, because you're afraid of being called a turf which is called trans-exclusionary radical feminist. And that's it's this it's this infighting that's actually going on in that intersectional circle where the the feminists are kind of at war with the trans and the you know it's like what uh uh Chappelle said that the the L's and the G's don't like the T's and the B's are this and the Q's are that and everything. And <clears throat> It's so funny when you kind of see everybody trying to fall over each other to rip on them, but Megan Rapino has to come out and she has to be the good little Marxist soldier that she is to say that, oh, there is no uh, clear evidence. Yeah, there is. There really is. It's kind of the same way as, and I talk about this in, in different sports, when, the, when we were hearing for years, there's no biological differences between men and women, especially when it comes to sports, except for the fact that I have never... I've played co-ed softball and played with a lot of good players. I've never seen one of them hit a home run. But I've seen a lot of crappy players, guys, hit home runs. Why are the red and white tees at the golf course way back there? And the blue tees for the women are way up here. Could it be that women are just not hitting the ball? Even good golfers are not driving the ball 320 yards with the driver? Could it be? Could there be biological differences? Why don't you see a lot of posterized dunks happening in the WNBA? As opposed to when you see in the NBA, you see Ja Morant and you see, um, you know, uh, insert anybody who's like, you know, Giannis. Why don't you see a lot of poster? You see like one dunk a year in the WNBA. Why is that? Because there's biological differences between the sexes. And then when you talk about the trans issue, okay, maybe they lost a couple of points in testosterone, but they're still dominating. It's This is going on, and to think that that's not a, a situation to look at. And yes, women are, girls are losing scholarships because, oh, you didn't come in first place. No, I came in second place, but if you're talking about biological women, then yes, I should have got one gold. But they're they're afraid to say it. That's kind of sad. It's really sad. And uh, what's the message? What's the message if you're a parent to say that, hey, I know you I know you came in second, but what really matters is that trans 
trans former men are getting their opportunity to compete in women's sports and dominate is what's going on. I mean, this isn't this isn't con- this isn't a controversial take. This is a pretty mainstream take if you think about it. But I look, I've been canceled. I can say it. You probably can't at your office. You probably can't at the water cooler tomorrow talking about Leah Thomas and talking about track runners <clears throat> that are, you know, by like half a mile are beating biological women. I mean, even worse is UFC. When you see these former men beating the shit out of women and we're supposed to go, yay. For me, it looks like, you know, true abuse. I mean, again, it's a woman, it, it's a woman getting her ass handed to her by a former man. And at a time in the Me Too movement, where we're supposed to look at our former cultural norms and, you know, uh, at any time you would see a, a woman who's getting abused by a man and you're he- hearing about abusive relationships, yet I go on TV, I go on, I, I, I'm watching it on Fox Sports or I'm watching on whatever pay-per-view and you're just seeing a biological woman or a biological man like Fallon Fox beating the crap out of some, some girl. It's uncomfortable to me. And it's I'm, I know it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. They're just afraid to speak up. A lot of people are. But hey, like I said, I'm canceled. I can talk about it. Uh, a couple other things before we head out of here. That's I'm done with the the trans stuff and the Pride Month and everything. I uh, I know some of you are t- probably tired of me talking about it, but if it doesn't get discussed, then it gets put on the back burner and then normalized, and then we wonder years from now how did we get here? How did I get here? What happened to my beautiful wife? <laughs> when the days go by, and the water me down. Here's Joe Biden, who's, uh, by the way, over the weekend, fell off his bike. Not while he was riding. It was basically stationary. And he just fell off, like, Dick Van Dyke style. Here's Joe Biden snapping at a reporter. Because uh, the reporter was asking about uh, economists forecasting a possible recession. And here he goes. Not the majority of them aren't saying that. Come on, don't make things up, okay? Now you sound like a Republican politician. I'm joking. That was a joke. That was a joke. But all kidding aside, no. I- He's not joking, by the way. That's just him. Like, yeah, you sound like a politician. Again, it's not a, like a snap. Like he's not like getting in her face or anything. He's not like uh, the Moyle in Seinfeld. Well, you, da- darling, you have to put the glass there. You know, what if that glass falls over and there's there's shards that are deep, deep in the shag, and you cut yourself. And you... Anyways, I watch too much Seinfeld. <clears throat> but yeah, Biden talking about economists forecasting a recession. Yeah, you know who's re- forecasting a recession? Basically everybody. You know who's not? Are you and your team at the White House and your people in the media who are told that this is not a recession? Here's one thing about a recession. You don't know you're in a recession until it's announced that you're in a recession. We very well probably are in a recession right now, We in, but, you know, it's just got to be sunshine and roses. Got to get the good public relations. Got to talk about the historic job growth and job numbers and unemployment rate and the historic growth in our economy. <clears throat> Look at all the jobs we created. All these jobs last year. You know, when I took office, there was people were out of work. People were getting COVID. And, and I had my, the hair on my legs was standing up. But people didn't have jobs. They didn't have no, they didn't have nothing. Yeah, you know why they didn't have jobs? Because your side shut the world down. And they had no jobs. They had no vaccine because there wasn't one yet. Not that it really worked all that well anyways. But people were forced out of work. And then when the unemployment benefits ran out, they're like, huh, I should probably go back to work now because I can't just sit here the rest of my life. Or can I? So people went back to work. So this history, it's not like they magically found these millions of new jobs and people were like, boy, this is such a strong economy. I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to hire 50 new people right away. Didn't happen. It was just people going back to their old jobs. It wasn't historic job growth. It wasn't historic economic growth. It's all bullshit. But they're just going to keep tweeting through it, keep lying through it. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. Don't believe your lying eyes. That's what's going on.
finally, um, it's, it's Pride Month, but uh, it was also uh, over the weekend. It was my anniversary with my wife, two years. Happy anniversary, Leah. It was also Father's Day. It's Pride Month still. And it was Juneteenth. So now you have a teacher. Now, I don't know how old this is because schools should be out for the summer, but this is a teacher that is teaching her kids the Black Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, face up. On the count of three. One, two, three. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the Afro-American people. Under God, I will protect freedom. Seek peace. Honor our ancestors. And encourage and support the development and prosperity of people of African descent. You may be seated. Isn't Elon Musk African? <laughs> it's just... Okay. All right. Happy Juneteenth. I mean, that's... We're doing the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, what was that thing about the, you know, judge not by the color of one's skin, but by the content of their character? No, that's all we're going to do is just judge everybody by the color of their skin. Because that's fine. That's inclusive. That's good. <laughs> it's kind of like... It was always like how porn and strippers were always kind of changed a little bit, where it went from being, this is degrading towards women, to this is empowering. So now it's, with race, it's like, you know, don't judge me for the color of my skin, but now it's, that's all you need to do, and if you don't, you're a racist. And we got to make new anthems. It's kind of like what I said about the pride flag and the pride progress flag, and, and, and doing the Pledge of Allegiance to black people. You want to talk about things that are not inclusive, but exclusive. That's pretty exclusive to me. So I have to pledge allegiance to a race of people? I mean, that's not... Uh, I, we shouldn't be doing that for white people or Hispanics or gays or anything like that. When we say the Pledge of Allegiance, it's for everybody. In fact, I have a tattoo on my arm that says, We the People. Beginning of the Constitution, preamble. And we were at a, we were at a, a restaurant for brunch on our anniversary and there was a two black lesbians who were sitting next to us and she one of them looks at my tattoo and was asking me about it and my wife was kind of like uh oh is she gonna have an issue because it says we the people and i and i i told her i said i already have you know if anybody has any questions about it which by the way she was talking about the the font and everything and how the writing and um you know, if it hurt and everything. We had a great conversation. They're Cincinnati lifers and very excellent people. Excellent. Again, this is what happens when the media take over and they want to cause divide among races, among sexualities, among gender, everything like that. They're trying to cause this divide. Don't let them do it. There's good people no matter what. I don't care what you are, straight, gay, trans, black, white, Hispanic. When I have a tattoo that says, we the people, that means... We the people, not we the government, it's we the people, not we the white people, not we the black people, not we the gay people, we the straight people, it's we the people, and it's it's left purposely ambiguous. This isn't like a three percenter type of thing, this isn't Proud Boys or anything like that. This is, we are Americans, we, are, we should be free thinking, and, you know, we have a little bit of an issue with that as far as what's brought forth by the mainstream media and the corporate press, but it's one of those things where it's having a tattoo that's we the people is probably the most inclusive tattoo you can think of because I'm talking about everybody. That's who we are. And if I can wrap up this podcast, it's clear that there are forces that are trying to divide us and they're doing so in a lot of devious ways of forcing kink and drag and sexual culture down children's throats. Well, what happens? Because it gets normalized in the media, it makes normal people transphobic in a way. It makes people go, well, gosh, I never even thought two things about it, but now I hate those people. Don't let that happen. I guess don't let hate overcome you in a lot of ways, because trust me, I've, I've dealt with it in a lot of ways too. But don't get discouraged that hopefully there is this white pill that's going on in our country that 
we kind of just look and see what's happening in our culture and we find ways to correct it. Now, normalizing men wearing leather chaps and uh, barking or meowing or, you know, taking a dump in a litter box, if we're thinking that that's going to be normal and should be celebrated, and especially for children, no, no, we have social norms. We have things in the society that we shouldn't be doing that. Um, but if you are, again, a, a, a consenting adult, you do whatever you do whatever you want as long as it's, again, it, it goes along with our social norms of things of decency and not degeneracy. So I'm going to wrap up the podcast on that note, but I appreciate you folks for listening. As always, thank you to the fine folks on Patreon. I got a bunch of new subscribers on there and um, <clears throat> John, Fred, Greg, Bob Kelly versus the Stairs at the Comedy Club, which is a great name. Chris, Kay, um, of course, uh, Becky, Judy, Ken, uh, Kathy. I'm looking at all my names. Dino, Gino, yes. A couple other people. I, I don't even know how to pronounce Jim. All these people. John, uh, you guys did a great job. Thank you so much for subscribing. And if you want to subscribe, I'll give you a shout-out, too, here on this podcast. But I thank you so much for being a part of this, and uh, I, I hope uh, I, I I hope I didn't you know disgust anybody or any and and you know if you have any comments I'm I'm all over social media if you have any pushback and you think that I'm being small minded bigoted anything like that uh, feel free to drop me a line I am right here but if you liked what you heard tell a friend tell five friends keep me employed or at least keep uh, keep my Patreon numbers up so I can uh, pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much, and I will. Uh, I'll talk to you. Uh, doing uh, Mondays with Mazer on Tuesday, so mine will go out on Wednesday. And I'm trying to do a might do a football podcast this week on the Rack Me podcast with Chad Zumach and Ken Mosca. So again, thank you so much, and uh, I will talk to you later this week.